0: Welcome to It's a Good Life, a podcast dedicated to helping you live your best one. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you and welcome to It's a Good Life. I'm your host, Brian Buffini. Just going to follow up with my interview with Dr. John Deloney. And we've done an awful lot of interviews. We've done hundreds of shows here. I just found it to be extremely valuable and extremely helpful for myself. And I think for many others, it will be also. You know, traveling around, you can just see that people are just wrapped a little tighter than they used to be. And I was just down in Florida. Now you you can say South Florida is a lot of New Yorker and transplants. And and so they're wrapped a little tighter in New York. So they are in Florida. But I could just tell I've, I've been going there a long time. My daughter was down there competing and People are driving up behind your bumper, and people are cutting one another off, and a lot of horns blowing, and in the airport, to and from, just people were uptight and out of sight. And then, oh, I went to Dallas, and Dallas is a lot more laid back, and just in the airport, people are a little more uptight, and you just see it. And again, people have been through a tough time, and that's why I think John Deloney's message is so powerful. Just a few things he said that really jumped off the page for me, and as I've had a chance to digest them, because I'm a type A personality, as they say someone whose desires to achieve and move and go and live life to the fullest. And with that, speed of your life can often create a dynamic where the next thing you know, you're dealing with the relentless sense of hurry. And with that, very easy for anxiety to creep in. I've rarely referred anything in the first person as anxiety. I'll just call it stress. Because stress is a more comfortable thing, right? A more comfortable thing to say. And so... What I got from John Deloney, the first thing I wrote down in my notes was that anxiety is just an alarm system. And so it's like the red light on your dashboard telling you to change the oil or change the coolant, or you might have a lower left rear tire, and that it's a blessing, that it's designed to help preserve our bodies and our minds and our souls, and that it's an alarm system. And that when we're experiencing these symptoms of stress, there's a right way to go about it. And oftentimes. I have ignored that red light, so I keep moving at the same pace. Oh, I got a headache, I need to take some Advil. I'm feeling stressed, coming off stage, I need a cup of tea and something sweet. We had, during COVID, uh, comfort food. And you see the sales of the things, you know, like Pop-Tarts. Right? Who knew the Pop-Tart was such a big comfort food? But so many comfort foods that people were eating, alcohol consumption, all above, because we're searching for that comfort because anxiety, it's the light on the front of the car that steals our comfort, that says, hey, things are not all right. I don't feel safe. I don't feel good. And I need to do something about it. And then, of course, what we know is if we go to those coping mechanisms, they don't make you feel good. So now it's a compounding effect. And, you know, I've often heard it called the crazy cycle, right? So now let's say I, I don't eat good and now I don't sleep good. And now I, I'm drinking more and now I'm watching programming. I, I, it's really not edifying. And here I am, and I have this source of stress, which is anxiety, and now the next thing you know, I have the, the cycle through. The second thing, which was more in the book, it's is a tiny little one-day read. You know, it's 80 pages, kind of. It's a thin win, as they say. You can get through that in a day, but also I found myself reading it over and over. But there were things in there that were really mythbusters, and I want to kind of spend a little time. John and I touched on it, but there's also more of it in the book, which is the myths are anxiety is a disease or genetic condition. Now, your family might have a predisposition to high blood pressure. Your family might have a predisposition to weight gain and those kinds of things. But it's important to myth-bust that anxiety is genetic, because sometimes then that becomes the out rather than deal with it. Next, that anxiety can only be cured by meds. There's no doubt that meds can help in many instances, but it can only be cured by meds. You know, when John talked about that anxiety is an identity, I did a podcast called Save the Drama for Your Mama, and it's exciting. I mean, the drama is exciting and it's that fight flight response, and it can become our identity. And we can be good at it, by the way. We can be highly functioning. In fact, it certainly is not boring. And if you're struggling with boring or periods of boredom or the fear of boredom. Anxiety can certainly be the alarm bell that gets you going and now you're off and running. So it can be that. it's And it's kind of like the spark plug that gets the, the car started. You just shouldn't drive the entire car on the spark plug because then you burn out. And so very careful that we it doesn't become our anxiety. This is how we operate. This is where we communicate. I think of, I don't know why this came to my mind, but it was the movie Moonstruck. Maybe because I was recently down in Florida and we had dinner with this family that's hosting Anna, and they're just fantastic people. And the husband, uh, his name is Vic, and he's just this awesome New York Italian. And he just talks with both hands, and he took me to a restaurant called Mamma Mia's. And some of his family came by, 22 of them came by, you know, and he, talking with their hands and, you know, chowing to one another and all that kind of good stuff. Maybe that was what led me to the thought of the movie Moonstruck, because they're this Italian family and shares there. And everybody's just yelling all the time, right? there. That's how they communicate, just yelling all the time. And so there's those cultural things for sure. It can be part of an identity for sure. But we can't have anxiety as our identity because it's not for our good. you know. So it's a very significant thing. And then lastly, um, the other myth is that you can have it all and do it all without major trade-offs. And as we look at our schedule and we look at our calendar and we go about planning things, It's just easy to get blown out with all of what we have on our plate. And I always remember this statement, a man named Paul Thibodeau, who worked for me for over 20 years, and just one of the all-time great characters. He was French-Canadian, a marketer, great guy on the showroom floor. He was a great guy at the trade shows and the seminars, and just a real character. And uh, when Polly retired, uh, I was having lunch with him and another great past employee named Barth Eddy, and we get together kind of every five, six months and have it lunch. And I was saying, hey, guys, uh, you know, are you bored? Are you busy? And Polly turned to me and goes, man, I, I never realized I had so much to do as a retired guy. And he started describing his day, and his day is full, and it's without a full day of work. So we took away a full day of work, and his days are still full. And uh, I often think of that, and when I get some time off and I start doing some things around the house or clearing out some closets in the garage or whatever else, oh my goodness, there's just a lot to get to. And so we have so much on our plates, and we can check out to Netflix and the sports or the shows or whatever else we're watching. We can check out to those things a little bit because it's so easy to be overwhelmed by our schedule. And what can get us going? What can give us the energy? Anxiety. And again, it's meant for something. It's meant the fight-or-flight response is designed to save us in times of peril. You know, someone with a knife in an alley, run, fight or flight. You know, it's designed to help us, and it was put into our system to protect us. It just, it goes from protecting to hurting us if we're living in it all the time. I actually just started a book. I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing it with all of you. Unfortunately, just found out that the author passed, but it's called Thrilled to Death. And it's a great example of this, where you just got so much good stuff going on, you can just thrill yourself to death. So those were the myths. Anxiety is genetic condition, can only be cured by meds. It's an identity, or a destiny, or you're destined for, or uh, you can have it all and do it all without major trade-offs. And again, we know this. There's a lot of books and tapes and afternoon television that promise all that. There's a lot of people in my line of work that promise all that. And it's garbage. It's not true. You know, Everything has a price. Everything comes with a cost. When I'm telling people to do goals, it's usually stop this and start this. And I constantly am challenging the company. We have new initiatives. Well, what are we taking away? Well, guess what? People have a very difficult time ever letting go of an initiative inside a business or uh, an institution. Why? Because it's their security. It's their job. And so we're adding this new thing. And why, why are we still doing that? I'll never forget. I had an off-site meeting with the leadership team at Buffini Company. And people were working hard. And to be honest with you, I think at the time, that was the meeting where I, you know, I recognized people were just burned out. So I proposed a series of things that we could cut. And my Janie, you want to see the fight. The same people that were tired and burned out. I was giving them permission. Look, I know I asked for this years ago. One of them was, we used to send our members in the kit that we give, the marketing kit every month. We'd send them a CD of a broadcast that I'd done for that month. And at this stage of the game, if you bought a new car, there wasn't a CD player to be found. You had to go looking for a CD. And this was like number 10 on the list of things that I said we could cut. And this is a two-day offsite. I'm spending a bunch of money, bringing people to a real nice place, and we're spending a third of a day on the CD. It ended up being very, very practical because I go, here is an example of why it's so hard to cut anything off, is because we cling to everything. There's a constituent, sure, there's a number of, Out of the tens of thousands of people we're sending this kit to every month, there's five people going, I need my CD. I've been collecting these things for years and you're upsetting my Apple cart. And yet now we had many different ways of delivering the same information like this, the podcast. That's an example where it's very, very hard to take things off your plate and very easy to put things on. Easy to get into, hard to get out of. And that's one of the dynamics and it's there. And it's there with our schedule. It's there in our businesses. It's there in our lives. It's there in our hobbies. It's there with our friends and family. And oh yeah, we we meet every Monday at so and so time. Well, every is a very hard word for me, and I don't like every at all. Really feels like it buttons me down. It's that day is gone. So very very important that we look at our schedule. You're going to do something new. You need to take something away. And so there is a price to pay when you want to get to the next level. And there's something you're going to have to give up in order to put something else on. A couple of other great insights that Dr. Deloney had was uh, when John said, COVID is the great revealer. COVID and the subsequent reactions to it. And again, you know, it's funny how everything's gone down political lines now, which is kind of wild. But I think part of it is just people's temperament and risk tolerance and those kinds of things. I get all of that. But he said it's the great revealer. So, for example, there are people who just ran away and moved out of state. There are some people who moved out of state right now who are second-guessing themselves. In fact, I talked to one company, and they were fist in the air. I've had it with California, yada, yada, this and any other, you know, the oppression and the government and the governor and the taxes, and I I agree with it all. But they went to a different state, and they're like, you know, uh, we're having a hard time. These people are kind of laid back, and it's hard to get the workers to do what we've got people to do, and so on and so forth. Oh, okay. It's a great revealer, and so John's great advisor. Because I think there's great things that are going to come out of COVID. I think there's great decisions. I think people also have been thinking about making a move for a long time and finally did it. Uh, we know with the great resignation, there's people who were thinking about quitting their job and finally did it. But the caveat, and something that John said that I wrote down in my notes was, it's important that you run to something, not from something. If you run from something, it's fight or flight. If you run to something, it's goal oriented. Are purpose driven. So it's very important you run to something and not from something. And that is the key. So one of the dynamics, if we continually run from something, guaranteed we will make the same mistake again. Guarantee we will recreate it again. You know? And and I think of it in any aspect. It works in relationships like this. I'll never forget the guy in Arizona who told me he'd been divorced five times. And then he said, I keep marrying the wrong woman. And okay, well, that's taking some great ownership there. You know, I gave him a few more minutes, and I asked him a few more questions, and asked him, let me, "Let me, tell me about your wife, tell me about your first wife, and, tell me, and then show me some pictures. And uh, there was certain familiarity I saw, and certainly the type of person he was attracted to, and then certain consistencies over and over again, and he kept making the same decision over and over again, and then blaming the other person, okay? So you can't run from something, you have to run towards something. You know, the conversation ended when I said to him, well, let me ask you this. What was it like for each one of these five gals to be married to you? What would the common things they would say? And first of all, it was the first time he'd ever thought of it. And second of all, he didn't have an answer. I said, why don't you do this? Why don't you go? And those that you're on friendly terms with, and it didn't sound like too many of them were, but if you can ever engage them in a conversation, ask them, what was it like to be married to me? And I bet you're going to see the same answers come from the five different ladies. And you might want to go to work on that before you decide to focus on number six, okay? Who knows? I would highly doubt that he would do that work because that work is hard. That work is difficult. But I think marrying six or seven or eight women would be harder. But anyway, I'll bring Dr. Deloney back in to talk to that guy maybe. Another thing that he mentioned that I think is important that I'll finish up today because I just wanted to give you a few thoughts. He said, who speaks into your life? Human beings are actually designed to go through life together. For him, he said, human interaction is oxygen for us. And what did this dynamic produce? What was different about COVID than anything else is that it created isolation. It created separation. You were potentially someone who could kill your friend or family member, or they could potentially kill you. And that was how that was initially packaged. And so people became kind of the the enemy you know, people are having a party and they're like, "Ah, I might be sick after this. And so we deprived ourselves of that oxygen and that connection. Again, everybody's got different levels of people fuel, if you will. Some need some and some need a ton. But who speaks into your life? I started thinking about it for myself. We all need people who can speak into our life, and it could be a confidant, a partner, spouse, friends, a coach. I know this, our coaching staff we instituted a policy called Good Life Fridays for our whole company because the staff have been working so hard and taking on so much more. And so much of our work here at Buffini Company from our client care and our sales and our coaching is dealing with people and people have been carrying more of a load. Our clients have been carrying more of a load for their clients. And so when our folks are interacting with our clients, they're carrying more of a load. So we instituted this Good Life Friday to give someone a paid Friday off every month to take 12 a year so they have 12 long weekends. And it's a, for a company like ours, it's a very large expense. A payroll is our largest expense. But it's absolutely already starting to show dividends. Not even the people who've taken it, the people who are looking forward to taking it. And so you see that. Our coaches have been speaking into the lives of the clients at a deeper, more resonant level than in the 26 years we've been in business. They've been spending more time with their clients. They've been listening to the people they're coaching up. Some of the stuff is not as straightforward business stuff as it used to be. It's more complicated, more difficult. And so the question I have for you is, who speaks into your life? We talked about it with John Deloney. It's, you know, going to see a counselor, especially for men. That was always considered a weakness. Or, man, I, you know, I'm not an alcoholic or I'm not a mass murderer or something like that. It's was like, are you going to see somebody? So there's professionals, there's friends, there's confidants, there's coaches. Who can you talk to and who can speak into your life? Pity the man or woman that's isolated and uh, doesn't have someone speaking into their life. There's other people out there, and that's why small groups work. That's why AA and the genius of that movement and how many people they've helped, but to create a dynamic where people would get together in regular meetings, people who had something in common, difficulties in common, to work through a process that would get them back to health and healing. There's some real genius in the architecture of that organization and what they've set out to do. 100 years ago. So we all need people to speak into our life. COVID was a great revealer, and that anxiety is just the alarm system. There's some myths that we need to go through. And then at the last uh, part of this, and, and again, what was in the book, some of what John and I talked about in the interview, he said, slow down and listen to the alarms. Learn to control your thoughts and actions. Breathe, eat, exercise, and sleep. Breathe, eat, exercise, and sleep. You know, I can find myself sometimes, I'll go for these walks at the ocean, I'll take this big, deep breath of ocean air, and I realize, I haven't breathed in that deeply since the last time I was here. And we can breathe shallow, live shallow, move fast, be anxious, so we need to breathe. We need to eat. And so eat to our health. You can eat good, it can taste good, but we got to eat so that our bodies have capacity. And when our bodies have capacity, we can take the strain a little better. We need to exercise. We got to move. It's seven days a week. We got to move. Some capacity or other, we got to move. And, you know, this didn't used to be the case. You know, my dad's never been taught to move. He's a painter. He's lifting ladders and got five-gallon buckets of paint, and then he'd go play golf and walk the golf course. Well, guess what? I can be in the office. I can sit in the studio. I can drive to the office. And then when I go play golf, I sit in a golf cart. And so it's easy not to move. So exercise is just key. And then sleep. And in some other work that I'm doing in a podcast I'll be bringing to you in the months to come. I've been doing the studies of sleep and the history of sleep. You know, before the invention of the light bulb, which I always credit as one of the greatest inventions of mankind, the average person slept 11 hours a night because we didn't have light. So because of our lifestyle, the electricity, because of now the phones and the stimulation and even the bright colors on the phones, having it by the bed, people are not sleeping well. and sleep. John touched on it over and over again, is one of the key ingredients for your body, for your well-being. So breathe, eat, exercise, and sleep. Four things, by the way, that really don't cost any more money, don't take any more time, are not any more of a burden to anyone who feels burdened. We can all do this, and we can all do a little bit better. So there you have it. Those are my thoughts. So, you know, I will say this. It's a privilege to get to do this work. I don't get paid for it. I enjoy it. We have a few ads here and there to try to cover some of the costs, doesn't cover all of it. But I will say this, um, this is our fifth year, going into our sixth year of doing this podcast. And I have enjoyed this as much as anything I've ever done. I was born to be on stage. I was born to be a guy that could impact an audience in live presentations. I know that. That's been hard work, and I've done a lot of it, maybe a little too much of it over the years. And now I get to do it once in a while, which is nice, and I'm ready for it, and it's fun. But it's a privilege to do this work, and part of the privilege is in trying to serve all of you, I'll meet someone like Dr. John Deloney, who's a total blessing to me. And I love to interview interesting people that bring benefit to all of your lives, but also benefit to mine. And redefining anxiety has certainly been one of those blessings for me, a reminder of things, an eye-opener on others. I hope this has been helpful for you. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a loyal listener. Maybe you know a friend who could really use this episode. Pass it on to him. Maybe you know a friend who needs to hear the original recording with Dr. Deloney, and you could pass that on to them. We want to provide the best information we can to help you live a good life. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a loyal listener, and thanks for sharing this with a friend. I'll leave Mrs. Buffini, who's been redefining anxiety for me her whole life, as a little blessing to send us off today. Thanks for joining me. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back may the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face and until we meet again may god hold you in the hollow of his hand see you next time